everybody wants that instant gratification and it does take time. And the end of the day, like you need all those steps. Like I needed to be a porter. I needed to wash cars. I needed to buff cars. I needed to clean up the shop. I needed to do like all these like minimal tasks, even though I didn't like working in the office, I still got to deal with people, customers, you know what I mean? It's all little, little keys that help build you into who you are. You can't fast forward to the end. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, film mechanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I want to make it yours. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Olivia Cook is in the driver's seat today. Olivia is a custom painter for Marine Technology, Inc., where she paints high-performance race and pleasure catamaran-style boats. Before painting boats, she painted cars in the collision and restoration industry for over 10 years. This year, she painted the Girl Gang Garage 2019 SEMA reveal, High Yellow. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. And today in the driver's seat, I have Olivia. How are you doing today, Olivia Cook? Good, good. How are you? I am doing very well. Thanks for taking the time to sit down with myself and the Femcanic community and just to share your story. I find that all the women have similar stories, but different. And you never know which story will provide the motivation to help some of some other little girl or woman keep going. So why don't we get jump in and get started and get to know Olivia a little bit. So how did you get started? What piqued your interest in this? And we can kind of start in the beginning. Well, I didn't do really well in school. Whenever I was in high school, I just jumped around in classes because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And then I took an automotive class. And um, I ended up getting in a fight with my uh, instructor because he told me that women shouldn't be in the industry. So um, I ended up going to auto body and then I kind of like fell into it. And then I went to uh, tech school right after a vocational school in high school. And then uh, I've been working in the automotive slash paint refinishing side uh, since I got out. Wow. So you started, and I want to make sure I heard that right, you started in high school. Yes. Yes, I had vocational. Wow. (laughs) What was that like, that conversation with that teacher? I'm assuming it was a male. Yes, yes. And it was kind of like, kind of like the old school, you know what I mean? That, you know, women shouldn't be getting their hands dirty and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's a harsh reality of it. There's people out there that don't accept it, and there are some that do. So it was like my first real taste of it, you know what I mean? And I didn't like it, but, you know, I found something else that like spawned off my career, and I stuck with it ever since. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. I think so. Did any part of you kind of want to go back and be like, look at me now? Uh, No, because at the end of the day, there's going to be people that don't understand, you know what I mean? But everybody has their own passion for something. I don't think you should pay attention to like every little, you know what I mean? Because if you stop and think about every person that tried to hold you back, then it's not really keeping you going in the direction that you need to be going. It's basically draining of your energy that could be devoted to other aspects. Yes, yes. That, that makes perfect sense. And you're right. That is a reality. I hear that from a lot of women 
And I've talked to some younger women getting into the industry. And unfortunately, a lot of women don't have the support structure. Now, did your family support you in it? Um, Not so much. I don't think my family really um, got where I was going with it. Um, they supported me going to tech school, but I don't think my parents ever really appreciated or really understood. I think they didn't really get that um, that you could make money in the automotive or, you know, collision industry that it was kind of like, you know, I think my mom wanted me to be like a doctor or lawyer or something, you know? Um, but I think my parents appreciate it now because they've seen like my progress and where it's taken me. It sounds like you ran into a few roadblocks early in your career because we just kicked this off and you're sharing early in your career. What helped you get through that? I think in the end, it's, my job and I just get lost in it because I just love it so much that I don't really pay attention. I don't think of there's any alternate career choice for me at the end of the day. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. So it's just about staying steadfast. That makes sense yeah. to me. So after your vocational school, what happened next? Where did you go to next? Um, after vocational school and I got out, I ended up moving to New Jersey. For a little while, and I really didn't like Jersey, so I ended up moving back to Illinois, and uh, I started in a auto body shop called Collision Plus, and they had multiple locations. Um, and I started off as a porter, um, detailing cars and sweeping floors, and then I'm I'm sorry, Olivia, what did you call that role? A porter. A porter. Mm-hmm. It's like the very, very bottom. It's like a cleanup slash um, helping around the shop. Got it. Got it. I started there and then um, I didn't really like it and I wanted to like move in a different direction. So I had a body guy that I apprenticed under um, like on my free time, whenever I wasn't doing any cars, I would like take apart cars for him and I would put them back together after they came out of the booth. And then I started doing light body work and then I started doing heavy body work. And then, um, it was kind of like, uh, I started there, but with the guarantee of going into the paint department. But once I found out that that wasn't something that was gonna end up happening, I ended up looking for a job somewhere else because I wanted to go into paint. What did what do you mean by that once you found out that that wasn't going to happen? Um I think it was uh, a lot of empty promises just to keep me around in the body side. Um once I figured out like that wasn't going to materialize, I ended up looking for another job somewhere else that I could paint. I I have to ask cuz I'm I'm curious more than anything because what you described just now after talking with a few other women that were searching and trying to go down this path to become a painter, it, it seems like they run into that similar roadblock where they're told, yes, you will become a painter. But it, like what you said, is kind of empty promises. Right. Well, in the end, it does take time. Um, you have to start somewhere. And um, I think sometimes you can just tell, you know, that it's it's not going to happen and it's it's okay to go to a different shop you know what i mean cuz some people are supportive in your future and to helping you grow when some shops aren't so i think it's good to keep an open mind and keep your eyes open and ears open to pick up as much as you can and uh, constantly be uh, constantly be learning and that there's um there's definitely shops out there that want to invest in you and those are the ones to look out for that'll help you um, go and with uh, further training with ASCs and uh, different classes and uh, paint training classes and the ones that are really interested in, you know, taking the time to help you span is where you want to be. And that shop wasn't it for me. So I ended up going to a different shop. So where where did that lead you to then? Uh, I went to another collision shop. It was a car star. Uh, 
out in Maryville, Illinois, and it was a family-owned business, and they really, um, I started prepping cars, like taping them, priming them, sanding them, getting ready for the painter, and then I apprenticed under another painter, and then we ended up having three painters at that shop, and we would all cycle through the booth, and I would take a job um, start to finish. And so that's where I really started painting full-time. Now, how long were you there? Just to give uh, women an idea of how much time Um, is really invested in this. I spent at least five years at um, the Car Star. And I ended up leaving there because I was pregnant. So I want to I want to just put kind of a time timing around this. So from graduation from vocational school till when you left CarStar because you were pregnant, how much time elapsed there? Oh man, let's see. I graduated tech school in two thousand and four. I think two thousand and six. I moved to Illinois and. Until 2010, I started, well, I ended up taking uh, time off. Um, I had some vacation time, but then I ended up not going back until after I had my daughter. So you said, and forgive me, you said 2004 graduated vocational? Yeah, I graduated tech school and then I moved to Illinois in 2006 and 2010. um, I took my first break from work. So six years, and again, I, I point, I'm pointing this out just because I, I know a lot of, and not just women, but men too, they get frustrated because they feel stuck. Yeah. But it, it takes time, and it's just a matter of staying at it. Yes, it does take time. When I think about it now, yeah, I've, it's taken me until a couple years ago to have like a full-time lead painter's position. What what was that like getting that role? What did that feel like? Um, I was really excited about it. I was really kind of like overwhelmed whenever I first started. And then it was just a breeze after like once you get in the in the tune and the cycle of things. But I think that's with anything. Yeah, definitely. So you took a break off. And how long did you take a break? How long was your um, break? I took a break until my daughter was born. I worked in the shop. I worked in the office for a little bit. And then um, I ended up staying home with my daughter for about a year. And then I went back to work. And then I went back into uh, the collision industry. Now, did you go back to CarStar or did you go somewhere else? I did go to CarStar for a little bit. And then um, I ended up going to another CarStar. And then... The last place I worked before the place that I currently work now, MTI, I was at Autocrafters for about three or four years. Now, I want to I talk a little bit about what it's like being a woman in the collision, painting, your specific role, and being pregnant and having a child, how, what tips and suggestions would you have for women out there that may be in the situation, or maybe that's an internal conversation that they have wondering, can this really happen? Um, yeah, that's really hard because it's, I went to my doctor and it's not like something they can, well, he's like, well, that's kind of like a choice that's up to you. I can't tell you that you can't work in the shop. Um, but I wouldn't suggest it is what he told me. And then, uh, they told me I could work in the office and check in cars and stuff and deal with customers and parts and stuff. And then, um, I had the opportunity to stay home. So I stayed home and, uh, had my daughter and then I went back to work afterwards. So, I mean, they can't legally fire you for being pregnant. So they have to find alternate means to, uh, keep you busy. So you spent a little bit of time in the office then while you were pregnant. Do you Yes, I did. And I did not like it. <laughs> it wasn't for me at all. I wouldn't imagine. I mean, because that's drastically different than what you're yes, used to. Very. And the thing that you love to do. Yeah. 
Wow. And, and that's something that, you know, I, I explore with multiple guests because men can literally go back to work a few days after their child yes. is born. And it's, yes. it's very different experience for women in their careers. Definitely. And it does, it does take a toll on your career, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's just another, another, another step to get to where you need to be. I I mean, you can't just like, if you want to have kids, then you just, there's no way you can work in a body shop. And that's, that's primarily because of like the chemicals and stuff. Yeah. The chemicals and sanding and just breathing everything in. I mean, you can sand and wear a mask and wear all the proper attire. Uh, at the end of the day, I didn't want to do it because I just didn't want to take any chances because, I mean, it seeps through your skin at one point in time and, you know, there's constantly chemicals floating around the shop and in the spray booth. And even if you're in a full suit with gloves and a respirator, it's still you know, you still have exposed skin that it seeps into and I just didn't want to take the chance. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So when you came back um, from taking the time off uh, with your daughter, you came back to CarStar for a little bit. Yes, I came back to CarStar and then um, I uh, ended up uh, taking a job that was... um, had a head painter position and I was the only painter, uh, at that, at that shop. And you were there for, you said about four years, four, four or five years, four or five years. Okay. So we're, we're starting that up here. I think you're up to 11 years of experience there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So how did you end up where you're at now? I, uh, Went to tech school with one of the guys that works at MTI is the shop that I work at now. And he showed the owner and the designer some of my work through social media. And they gave me a call and they asked if I would be interested in coming up and checking out the shop. And at the time, I was at at Autocrafters and I was really happy there. So I declined the job, but then they came back to me and uh, they asked me again and they asked if I could just come out and look at the shop. And uh, I went out there and I looked at the shop and I toured it and I saw one of the boats in the booth and it was kind of overwhelming because it was so big. It was, I think it was like a 48 foot boat. And I just looked at it and I was like, oh man, this is not for me. <laughs> and I just, I was like, I don't think I can do it. And, but custom painting is the realm that I wanted to go into full time. So uh, the designer said that, you know, I think you'd be a good fit and I think you should try it out and I think you'll like it. So uh, I put in my two weeks or I didn't give my boss a week. I gave him a month's notice just so I can help him find somebody to to take over for me. And um, I don't think he ever thought that I was really going to leave until the very the very end. So he didn't end up finding anybody, but I told him that I would drive back and forth, you know, and help in the evenings or whatever he needed to, you know, help him keep getting cars out. But um, hopefully he eventually found someone. Yeah, he did. Not too long ago, actually. When, oh, wow, that long. Yeah. Because you've been at MTI for a little while now, right? uh, Yeah, it's been a year and a couple months. So, wow, 48 feet. I'm just processing that. Like, yeah, the biggest boat that we sell is a 57 foot. A, se- a fifty-seven foot center console. My good lord! I'm and I'm thinking of like the old school caddies. <laughs> At best, twenty foot. <laughs> right. I mean, this is double that size. Like that oh, yeah, is a big. lot of they're surface. Big. How how do you even begin to shoot that? I mean, I I'm just like a car you walk around for the most um, part. But- like one of the guys told me at work, he's like, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. Like at the end of the day, you can't look at the overall picture. You got to do like step by step and break it down in little sections. And then after you do it for a while, it just, it doesn't seem 
that overwhelming anymore. Wow. That, I mean, and, and I've seen some of your work on social media. It is gorgeous. Olivia. Thank I mean, you. it, it is you. absolutely gorgeous. And I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, that looks massive. But in pictures, you can, it, you, sometimes you lose scale in pictures, you know what I mean? Depending yeah. on how close or far away. But I'm like, that seems awfully big. But 48 to 50, wow. Yeah. Now, do you guys use a rotisserie or anything? How do you? Uh, for the catamarans, we use a rotisserie. And for the um, the center consoles, we can't, but we break it up into three sections. So we do the console part in one sitting and then mask it up. And then we do uh, the deck in one sitting and then we mask it off at the rub rail and then we do the hull. So it's a little bit easier when you break it up into threes. And just so folks know, because not everyone is as familiar with the boat realm, MTI and like what they actually sell in paint. Can you share that with the audience so they understand better? Um, Marine Technology sells um, their offshore racing boats that are racing catamarans and leisure catamarans and center consoles. So, but they're all, they're all like multi-million dollar pleasure boats. Wow. I'm just sitting there thinking of the clientele that swings yes. by the... Um, right now, the cat that I'm working on is for, he owns a NASCAR team. Yeah. If he owns a Rick NASCAR. Hendricks, I think oh, is his name. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I don't know anything about NASCAR, but um, that's who who they told me. I think like uh, the CEO of Starbucks owns a center console. Um, Yeah, they get pretty ridiculous. Well, and those are incredibly fast boats as well, right? Oh, yes. Yes. They go really fast. Wow. I couldn't tell you what they top out at, um, but I know they go pretty fast. So do you have any of like the the owners of these like swing by and just want to see what you're doing? Yeah, we do. We have uh, tours come in and a lot of the owners, they like to see the progress. So once it starts getting into the paint booth, they like stopping in and peeking in and uh, checking out some of the other boats. So do you get to talk to them or literally they just watch you work? Um, No, I get to talk to some of them. Some of them like to ask a bunch of questions and some just walk through. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I'm just trying to wrap my mind around this because the reality is, is you have your part in the process is the sexiest part because it's so because it's what people see. Yes. You know, I I often tell people like when you're working on cars, if if you do a frame off restoration, probably one of the most important things you need to do is make sure that the frame's solid. But yes. that is the least sexy thing ever. Because <laughs> nobody sees it. No at the one end. sees it. No. Unless you're on like Barrett Jackson or Meekum and they actually have a camera that shows the underneath of the car. Other than right. that, no one crawls on the ground to look there. <laughs> it doesn't right. matter how pretty it is. When yeah. you get to the bodywork and the paint, that is the sec that's the sexy part. Absolutely. I think so too. And I think that's one of the things that draw me to the the body side, the body of paint side is because you can have this souped up car that's just plain Jane, but then you could take the same one and put an amazing custom paint job on it and everybody, it'll stop everybody in their tracks at the end of the day. Yeah, it, even if the car did not run and it had a sexy paint job, people would still <laughs> stop and look at it and be like, "Dude, that's right. an awesome you see it car!" All the time at SEMA and shows all the time. Half of those cars don't run, and they push them on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That's <laughs> so funny. Uh, heaven forbid if someone's like, "Hey, can you, you know, fire it up?" Right. Uh, no, oh, they do start the cars up at the very end of the show. And drive them out, but there are some, yeah, that definitely don't run. Oh, that's hilarious! But now that you mention it, that makes sense because they're cramming this in, and they it may or may not run. 
but it sure does look nice. It does. It does. It does look pretty. So help me understand that. Now, one thing that you mentioned is that you, your passion and your ultimate goal is to get into custom paint. Now, I understand theoretically custom versus just regular painting, so to speak. But can you talk a little bit about that and help me understand what's so significantly different in your um, particular role? I've been through a lot of shops that are just, and I went through a resto shop, but that was really um, a short, short stint. But um, I do love the paint realm at the end of the day, but the custom side is really the custom graphics, the crazy paint schemes and the crazy colors and fades is what really piqued my interest. And um, at the end of this month, the beginning of October, I'm going to another boat shop out in Michigan. And then um, I'm going to be doing the design work and paint work out there. Um, one of the reasons I ended up taking it is because right now I kind of copy and paste. We have a designer and I just take his rendering and put it on a boat. But um, my future job right now is to actually design the work and put it on a boat. That sounds really exciting. I think so. You got to be, are you feeling a little nervous or? Uh, all of the above. I'm excited and nervous and anxious and I just I've been waiting for a month or so that I put my time into MTI so now I'm just like the suspense is killing me I just want to get started yeah just dig in yeah so just to make sure I understand this when we say rendering you are basically handed a picture like how big of a picture is this um, it's a pretty big picture. It's like a poster style um, picture. So it has a picture of both sides of the boat and the top. Um, but it's a detailed picture and description step by step of how they want the boat executed. So maybe like four foot by two foot, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then literally you just you look at the picture, see what these how the order in which they want it executed. And then mm -hmm. you bring that picture to life. Yes, correct. God, that's so fascinating, man. That blows me away. It's a lot of fun. Okay. So far today, what's been your most challenging one? I think the initial, whenever I first came on to MTI, getting the rhythm of um, having to paint an entire boat was, it took me a minute to get used to it. But after you go through the motions, it's not anything. But there's a lot of hurdles, I think, that are different at this new boat company. Um, I use a rotisserie now for the catamarans and this new shop. They don't have a rotisserie. So um, they use pressure pots and wands and all kinds of craziness to paint them. And I've never used any of them. But the guys all walk on stilts. And uh, stilts, you're gonna yeah. have to walk on stilts, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, what are pressure pots? What What is this? Um, well, I use like a handheld gun now with a uh, um, gravity fed gun on it. Um, and theirs is it's basically um, a big pot that you put, it goes anywhere from like a gallon, two gallons or higher and you put all the paint in it and it just feeds um your guns uh so that way you can carry a big amount at a time and put two hoses on it with two guns so two guys could keep continuously spraying because i go through a cord at a time and then i have to keep changing them out um after i run out or to burn up you know paint pretty fast when you're painting that much square footage i imagine yeah so it's it's just a different technique so it'll just be something different for me to get used to 
Are you scared? Any <laughs> walking around on stilts? <laughs> I've seen um, them like like the drywall guys will do that. We'll walk around. Oh yeah, stilts yeah. It's about, stuff. Yeah, it's the same thing. Um, I am for a lot of reasons. It, it seems pretty overwhelming, but at the end of the day, empty. I was too. I was really nervous, and I know once I get started and just get in it, it'll be a lot easier. It's just getting in the flow of it. Yeah, it's just a different type of flow and different people. That is really exciting. Which project are you most proud of? Um, I think the last center console I did, I, I posted it on my Instagram. It's red and black. It That one, we were a month behind on that one just because there was so much detail in it. And we didn't want to skimp on any of the detail because they usually give us about 14 days to complete a center console start to finish. And that's sanding the boat, wiping it down, sealing it, basing it, doing the graphics, um, clearing it, sanding it down, doing touch-ups, and then re-clearing it all within 14 days. But um, that one had so much detail. We were a month behind, but it was well worth it in the end. Was the customer super Oh, yes. He flew in... uh, from New York to check it out after it came out of the booth. And I was there on the weekend doing another boat and he came by and shook my hand and said that he was really happy with it. So that made me feel good. That's crazy. I'm just sitting here. And Olivia, do you mind me asking you, how tall are you? I'm 5'5". You're 5'5". So average height for a woman, but most men are taller than that, right? Yes, but the guys on my team, I, I work with two other guys and they're both about my height. So <laughs> Okay, so it, it, it evens out, right? <laughs> so oh man, I'm just sitting there thinking like you're literally you have this I, I mean, let's be honest, this millionaire walk up to you and shaking your hand and blown away by you. I mean that yeah. that's gotta be kind of um, neat. Yeah, it it is, especially when I get to see it. I think that's where I get the most, uh, I guess, pleasure from it is whenever I see it in in magazines and like uh, Speed on the Water is a big um, magazine out there that covers all uh, the offshore racing circuit and center consoles. So whenever I see it on... uh, one of their magazines. I really get stoked about it because I know people from all over the world get to see it. Now, do you get cited or like attributed in any way when those um, are featured? Just they tag MTI. Um, so I get to see it. And then we get stacks of them at work. So we all just sit there and flip through them and get to see our work out there. <laughs> wow. I uh, Yeah, I'm just blown away. And recently... Didn't you fly out to help on a SEMA project as well? Yes. um, I flew out last weekend to uh, Bogie's Garage. She's on uh, Velocity Channel's All Girls Garage. And I went out there to go paint this uh, 56 Chevy pickup, high yellow, um, for SEMA. And um, um, we did the bed. And uh, we ran out of time because the cab's still in progress. So I'm flying down this weekend. I'm flying out Friday after work. And I'm painting the truck Saturday. And I'm flying back Sunday to pack up my stuff, drive up to Michigan Monday, and start uh, my new job on Tuesday. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really, you need to try to fit more in. You you really are just. Oh, I know. Slacking. I love you. you really I are know. Slacking. I know. I am. I know. <laughs> wow. I need to take up like sewing or knitting or a book club in there somewhere <laughs> right, too. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. The so the high yellow will be featured in the. 2019 SEMA. Do you happen to know which booth it's going to be featured um, in? I don't know what booth it's going to be in, but they have it on um, Instagram. Um, they keep doing updates. And then there is another build. The Volvo build. That, yeah, the Volvo build. That's for build. 2020. 
uh, yeah, that I'm going to go out there and uh, paint for 2020. And that one will be at the BASF booth. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Bogey's excited for that one. Well, I'll, oh, have to, yeah. I'll have to ask Bogey. Where... She's excited and exhausted all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to her, one of – they have the all the girl gang garage. Yes. Um, where they do a lot of the work in there. And yes. Um, one of these – probably the 2020 build. High yellow's like – Probably out of the question for this year, but uh, are you going to be at SEMA when they do the reveal? reveal? Yes. Yes, I will be at SEMA. Exciting. So I will probably meet you there for the Yay! reveal then. I will, I'm going to make sure that I'm there for the reveal and um, say hi to a lot of the women. Many of them I've interviewed, so it'll be nice to actually meet them in person. Right. Yeah. There's so many women that I follow and it's good to see everybody get together and meet in person and support each other. I met some of the girls on the last build. I met Connie and uh, a few of the other girls, Madison and uh, Letty. She's the cutest thing ever. She's a welder out of Arizona and a bunch of other girls. But it was something to be said about over on my side in the Midwest. Honestly, I've never worked with another woman. And for all of us to come together, and it was the same for a lot of the other girls, have never worked together with another woman ever. And just all of us working together was was a really good deal. It's magical. There's like an energy there that it's just, it's hard to explain to people. It is, it is. Um, but just being there and physically seeing it um, and with Bogie's plans of what she dreams to do with that place is really something to be said. I'm so proud of Bogie and everything that she's accomplished. And um, I'd like to see her take that off off the ground. Yeah, she's shared that vision with me, and I I could not agree with you more, Olivia. It's it's exciting, and we will all do better when we band together in numbers Absolutely. and just so support each other. It's not that we're competing with one another; we're just it's just about supporting each other. Absolutely. Well, if you're up for it, Olivia, we can launch into the red line round. And Perfect. What it is is just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer. Just whatever pops into your head is the right answer. Okay. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Who? Um, one of the reasons I started was a custom painter out in Washington that I ended up meeting. Um, and we became friends, but uh, Mike. Mike Lavalley was one of the reasons that I ended up going in the custom painting industry. Does he know that? Uh, yes, he does. That's awesome. Two, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job? Um, I hate to say it, but um, <laughs> you do. <laughs> Honestly, I connect with so many custom painters within different... Oh, man, I talk to custom painters all over the world. Um, I talk to a couple custom painters in Japan, Russia, um, the UK, all over the US. And honestly, everybody's been extremely supportive. Um, and anytime I have any questions, I just ask and everybody is more than willing to share. When you go international, how do you communicate with them? I do most of it on Instagram. Uh, Masa is one of the guys that I talk to in Japan. And uh, my side passion project is uh, Brushmasters, Brushmasters Getaway. And we uh, chose him to be an instructor. So we flew him out here or out to Colorado or Kentucky was our last location before the Colorado one. And uh, he, his English is a little broken, but um, if you sit there and talk to him, like uh, I asked him a lot of questions. <laughs> He's a really awesome custom painter. Um, you should look him up at Center Roots on Instagram. But uh, he does amazing, amazing work. Him and his wife are extremely talented. And I really look up to him a lot. And 
he's always been there to help answer any questions I have. You said him and his wife? Yeah, his he's a custom painter and he paints motorcycles. And his wife, uh, she is a glass engraver. She's a portrait painter. Um, she wow. does a little bit of everything. And she's absolutely amazing. It blows my mind. Um, but they're both extremely talented. Wow. That's and, and what's the name? You said your side passion project. What is that again? Um, is Brushmasters. So it's called Brushmasters Getaway. And um, it, we all get together once a year. Our next one is coming up in September in Colorado and Paonia. And it is a class meant for anyone. You know, it's from zero skill set to extreme, but um, it's custom painters, pinstripers from all over the world. We have a girl come in from uh, Australia, uh, Leanne. She does uh, sign writing. Uh, we have Vanessa, Signs of Power on Instagram. She is from uh, Dublin, Ireland, and we have everyone else's pretty much US base, but um, custom painters, pinstripers, gold leafing, a um, little bit of everything. That I've never heard of it. That's pretty cool. It changes location every year, but the past two years we're doing it in Colorado. And um, yeah, it's camp. It's kind of like a festival almost where it's uh, music, camping. We do an art auction. Um, and it's airbrushing, pinstriping. Um, is it is it just like automotive related and motorcycle related, or is it canvas? Um, not really. There's uh, people that do uh, graffiti art, murals, um, a little bit of everything. God, that sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. And it's like over a weekend. Yes, it's uh, four days. Wow. So it's a little extended long weekend. Yeah. Do you typically need a recovery day afterwards? Um, yes, it's a little exhausting. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But it's it's a, definitely a good time. It's really easygoing. And like I said, we have um, students with zero. We have, um, honestly, a lot of our students are from the um, tattoo industry. Interesting. That's really cool. Does it have a website? Yes, um, I will give you all, all the information. It's Brushmasters Getaway on Instagram and Facebook, and it's www.brushmastersgetaway.com online. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes as well. That's great. Number three, what excites you most about what you do? Um, it's the end product, seeing it all come along from just a big blank canvas. And um, after that last coat of clear and pulling it outside and seeing it um, is really what makes me absolutely love it. I can't say as if I blame you. That was always my favorite part of a car. <laughs> yeah. Got done. Olivia, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel beat down? Um, just to keep going. At the end of the day, there's always, no matter what you do, no matter what career field you're in, there's always hiccups and there's always, at the end of the day, it's all a learning process and you're not going to get everything the first time. And it's just, it's just, you got to keep going and not look back. Well said, my friend. And finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades industry? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but don't be a hoe <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, I, there's so many young girls out there and I really, really, really hate seeing it. I have more respect for a girl that's in like a paint suit painting a car and you see the end finished rather than a girl with like a tank top on and her boobs hanging out in some high heels or, you know what I mean, sitting in front of a motor or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, you'll get way more respect from people and within the industry and out. And it's, it's, I don't know. 
I see it a lot. I see. I it had a lot to mute out because you totally caught me off guard. With that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. I don't know if I can say that or not, but yes, you um, can say it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, that was something that me and Bogey were talking about. There's so many young women in this industry, and. Uh, I think it's all about like social medias and the follows and, you know, and we were talking about it, but I think in the end, in the end, it pays to be respected and for what you do and in your craft. Like, honestly, like if you, if you look at my social media page, there's very few pictures of me personally. All of my content is of my work. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. I have more respect for somebody that's out there doing the work and doing amazing work rather than them just sitting in front of the work with, you know what I mean? With their titties hanging out. With their titties hanging out or (laughs) whatever the case may be. (laughs) Yeah, there's this one post that I put on my Instagram and it's a meme and it's of a in the foreground is a woman. It looks like a uh, race car driver because she's actually carrying tires. Or yeah, yeah, I've seen that one too. Where it's the and the girls with the tiny outfits walking yeah. in the background. Yeah, and yeah. I caught some flack because I posted on there about I know which one is the femcanic, and it's the one in the foreground. And I just talked about how women. We're meant to get in the game, not being an accessory to a car. Exactly. And whenever you put yourself out there like that, it gives people uh, the stereotype that we're trying to get away from. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was probably my... Uh, so I went to SEMA for the very first time in 2017. And when I went, one of the things that I noticed was the half-naked women at booths. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of them. And, and and I wasn't surprised by it. That's the automotive industry. Yes. Sex sells, unfortunately, but if you're trying to make a name for yourself in the industry, the best way to do it is to have people respect you for you and the work that you do. And the message that I hope women get and hopefully the the, the image that, I'm trying to portray for Femcanic is that you can be beautiful mm-hmm. and sexy Absolutely. and be good at your craft and be respected. Yes. And, you know, Bogey and I've had the same conversation. Sexy can be wearing combat boots too. Yes. It and can work be. boots, right? In fully covered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally you know, agree. It, it both can be sexy. And, and I'm not. I'm not judging the women that choose to be half naked. That's their choice. It's just not what I portray. Before I post anything on Femcanic and or repost on Instagram, I actually look through the Instagram profile and if there's a bunch of duck lips and asses <laughs> hanging out over a car or titties hanging out and I, I pass. It's yeah. that's just not the image I want to portray on Femcanic. And uh- the majority of the people within the industry, whether it's corporately or, um, you know, painters that I know, um, it's, it's a running joke, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's not doing you or anybody any good. You know what I mean? Honestly, if you, oh, I don't, I don't even know how to say it without, just say you it, girl. I mean. <laughs> just, just, just lay it out there. Right. You'll just be more respected, you know, if you're serious about your career and um, how you portray it. That, in the end, is more sexy. That you're doing it and doing the work and doing an amazing job, rather than just sitting in front of something with your tits hanging out. I, I, yes, I, I think the I thing wish there is, was a better way to say it, but <laughs> it, it is. And I, I think right, wrong or indifferent, you're right. Sex does sell. They probably will end up having more followers than Femcanic or But whomever. when you look at the, 
the the genuine following. The genuine following is people within the industry as opposed to just like guys that are, you know, anywhere from 18 to like 30, you know, <laughs> Who, who's printing it off and putting it on their wall. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. That's not what we're going for here. It's right. it's about the respect. It's about it's about building a, a legitimate tribe. Yeah, so and then you have to think of the other people that look at it. Like my daughter follows me and her friends follow me and you know what I mean? Um I know there's a lot of younger girls that follow me too. And then it's about portraying that message that, you know. That you don't have to get naked or reveal tons of skin to earn respect as a female. That, that's yes. the only message. It, yes. it's, it's that simple. You get more respect if you go out there and do the work. Yes. <laughs> or don't be a hoe. <laughs> yeah, don't be a hoe. <laughs> Oh, I had to mute out just so I wouldn't be laughing over you. <laughs> that was, that totally threw me off. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, Olivia, where and how can people connect with you? Um, on social media, I'm Olivia Cook 08 on Instagram and Olivia Cook on Facebook. And I have a website coming up. It's OliviaCookDesigns.com. Nice. And what will they find on the website when it comes out? I am going to be posting everything from the resto work that I do, uh, boats, and uh, soon I will be doing um, bikes and baggers on my own time. Nice. Again, totally slacking. Totally slacking. You need, <laughs> right. you need to do more. <laughs> right. Right. Olivia, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat. And if you don't thank mind, you. It, I t thoroughly appreciated our conversation tonight. And uh, thanks for sharing your story with the Femcanic community. No problem. Uh, my name is Olivia Cook. I am a custom painter for Marine Technologies Incorporated. And I am a Femcanic. Be sure to check out the next episode. Shan Fannin is in the driver's seat. This professional vehicle artist's work is currently in several Best of America exhibitions. Join me as she invites us into her world of painting with her brushes, palms, and fingers. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a Femcanic?